0: It's November 3rd, 2020, Election Day. More than 90 million mail-in ballots have already been cast, and the remaining voters are headed to the polls today, I hope. As both President Trump and former Vice President Biden make their last-ditch efforts to win our votes, let's take a look at what they and their respective parties are offering on China. On the campaign trail, the question of China policy was understandably overshadowed by other things. For example, the COVID-19 pandemic raging across our country at record high numbers. Even so, the victor of this election will be inheriting the worst relationship between the United States and China since formal relations began in 1978. Anna Ashton is Senior Director for Government Affairs at the US-China Business Council.
1: Both presidential candidates have had tough things to say about China and have pledged to take aggressive actions to reorient the relationship. So we should expect a rocky year ahead, really no matter who wins.
0: I'm Erin Slauson, and this is the China Business Review. Okay, let's start with what we know, Trump.
1: The Trump administration this year went from being almost exclusively and transactionally focused on the trade negotiations, which took up the first three years of President Trump's first term, to being much more attentive to issues and concerns across a range of policy areas, from human rights in Xinjiang and democratic freedoms in Hong Kong to supply chain vulnerabilities, industrial and economic espionage, geostrategic differences in the South China Sea, disinformation concerns, and on and on. I wouldn't say the Trump administration has a clear China strategy exactly, but they certainly have a clear China attitude now, defined by distrust and more aggressive positioning of U.S. policy pretty much across the board. Will that continue if President Trump wins a second term? There is a fairly strong likelihood that it will. We see a lot more interagency coordination and cooperation on China than was true during the first three years of this administration, and it would be fair to assume that this more hawkish and coordinated approach will continue, But then again, China issues have been incredibly politicized in 2020, and that political need to be tough on China, especially in response to COVID, could abate a bit in the wake of the election. We might see at least a tapering pace in terms of policy announcements. We should also fully expect that a Biden administration will approach China as a competitor, and that at least on some issues, the US-China relationship under a President Biden will be increasingly adversarial. The key differences we predict under a Biden administration based on the Biden campaign's policy outlines and the candidates' repeated statements are, one, a much greater emphasis on diplomacy, seeking partnerships with our allies and trading partners, and stepping up our engagement in international institutions to try to check China's bad practices collectively. And two, perhaps a greater emphasis on addressing domestic U.S. weaknesses to make ourselves more competitive in the years to come. More money for STEM and education and technical training for workers to be equipped for the jobs of the future, for example. Biden's policy plans sound somewhat more proactive than reactive, more focused on stepping up our game than tripping up China's. But both parties honestly have articulated policy proposals that incorporate elements of both proactive and reactive approaches, so the potential differences here are more nuanced.
0: Now the FBI said earlier in the election season that China would actually prefer a Biden administration. This was tied to election interference fears, but what do you make of the claim itself?
1: Well, we haven't seen the evidence for this conclusion that China would prefer a Biden administration. Of course, we haven't because it would be classified. Uh, And we have had other members of the intelligence community refute the notion that China is actively engaged in trying to help the Biden campaign, saying Russia is vastly more actively involved in election interference. But certainly you could see why China might prefer a Biden presidency, Trump has a reputation as an unpredictable actor, and tensions have increased dramatically during his presidency, with China often seeming to sort of futilely attempt to calm relations, and now it sometimes seems like they are throwing their hands up. On the other hand, the Trump administration's emphasis on America first, its tendency toward unilateral action, and its stepping down or even stepping away from engagement in various multilateral institutions, such as the World Health Organization and the UN Human Rights Council. That's given China an unprecedented opportunity to assert its influence on the world stage. They maybe haven't done a great job of that yet, but the opportunity is certainly there, and a more isolated United States could be a boon for Chinese foreign policy, and a reason why China might actually want Trump to win a second term.
0: So what I said earlier about China policy being overshadowed by everything else, it's not exactly true when it comes to Congress. In this Congress alone, there have been more than 460 proposals that mention China. Some, like the ones related to Hong Kong, Xinjiang, and Taiwan, were passed. Others will either make it into the National Defense Authorization Act this year, which has to pass, or they just won't be passed at all. But the push from Congress to play a larger role in China policy writ large is set to continue.
1: Yeah. So the way I just described how Trump and Biden stack up on China is also true when it comes to Congress. There is consensus on what the issues are. But again, the approaches could vary a great deal. It's actually interesting and in some ways shocking to see Republicans and Democrats hand in hand on China at a time when Congress is notorious for gridlock and shutdowns. But the devil is in the details. We may see fractures emerge as policymakers actually really get down to the work of ironing out precise policy solutions. Some of those fractures may be between parties and others between members of Congress who have just different ideas of which China issues are paramount. And maybe they're in different parties or maybe they're in the same parties.
0: So are there any Senate or House races that could have a serious impact on China policy?
1: This one is really hard to, to predict right now. Um, Some close races could lead to the replacement of key China-focused members. For example, if Cory Gardner loses his Senate race in Colorado, that's the chairman of the Asia Subcommittee on Senate Foreign Relations and someone who is very much invested in um, reorienting the U.S.-China relationship. But his opponent, former Governor John Hickenlooper, has also made some hawkish statements on China, so would Hickenlooper be different from, from Gardner? Hard to say. Moreover, Hickenlooper would not necessarily replace Gardner on the Foreign Relations Committee. So there's a lot that we will need to, to parse and figure out uh, once we have the election returns and we know who's actually going to be um, in these different seats. I think the biggest difference could come in whether or not we have a Democratic-controlled House and Senate, because then we would see much more party-driven uh, China policy move forward, and we know that there are differences such as um, Democrats wanting any future trade negotiations to be much more inclusive of environmental concerns and labor concerns than Republicans have have wanted to to be in this administration, so some differences that we can absolutely anticipate depending on who ends up with control but but a lot that we will just have to figure out once we know the the outcomes.
0: Once all the voting precincts close later today, do you think the, for lack of a better phrase, China bashing will die down at all?
1: I think that in the first few months of of the next presidency, really regardless of whether we see a Biden presidency or a second Trump term, uh, there's going to be a return to focus on domestic issues, because the reality is that we, we remain in the middle of a pandemic, uh, we remain in the middle of an economically challenging situation for most Americans, um, and those, those issues will rightly be paramount. Uh, but I, I do expect that China policy proposals will continue to be pushed forward in the midst of that, just that they won't be the top of anyone's agenda right away.
0: The China Business Review Podcast is a production of the U.S.-China Business Council. You can learn more about what we do at uschina.org. Our music is by Tours. If you like our show, be sure to leave a rating and review so that other people can find us. We'll be back soon. Oh, and don't forget to vote.